By the time you hear this podcast, fame, fortune, platinum records, is it still every boy's dream? Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we are back with our 80th episode. Thank you for watching us on Facebook Live. We Woo! appreciate you. All right. Um, as we start off the episode with a track from the critically acclaimed, question mark, Seattle, the album, <laughs> <laughs> a.k.a. The Heist. Um, to everyone who's uh, listened to us so far, again, we appreciate it. If you're watching us on Facebook Live, you have found our Facebook page, more than likely. Yes. And if you want to tell someone about it, they can go to facebook.com slash by the time you hear this spelled with the word you, Y-O-U. And that is the same spelling for our website, by the time you hear this, dot com. And if you want to get with us on our social media, we're at by the time you hear this spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes, we are. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com, send your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas. If you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. Yes. I am curious though. If you are watching us some other way than Facebook, let us know how, you, how you're watching us. Yeah. Like if this isn't on Facebook and you're watching us, drop us a line and let us know. If someone well, then, then I'd be worried because our stream isn't going like we aren't streaming to somewhere other than Facebook right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is testifying about yeah. shared data. So. so if you're watching this in Russia, I guess. Yeah. 
Hi, Cambridge. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you like if somehow this ends up on YouTube. Like, yeah, just give us a, yeah. give us a line. And it wasn't from our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. Oh, we do. Yeah. Oh, we gotta put some stuff. We just on haven't there. put anything on it yet, but we we will. We're, we we're expanding this year. That's yes. the plan. Mm-hmm. All right. If you want to listen to us on the go, we are at. Uh, we can find us if you uh, to listen to us on the go with your mobile device. If you're if you have an Apple device, you can find us on the Apple Podcast app, aka iTunes. If you have an Android device, you can find us on the Google Music app. And in either place, leave us a review, and we will read it on our podcast. You can also listen to us on TuneIn, uh, Overcast, Castbox, Auto Radio. Um, what am I forgetting? Satchel Podcast Player. I think I, I think that's all of them <laughs> that I know of off the top. So, uh, so you can listen to us in any of those apps, and uh, we would appreciate that if you do, and tell your friends about it. So, let's get into the show, man. Woo! All right. Rich so, uh, we had some uh, unfortunate music come out on Friday. Oh, we we leading off with this? Yeah, we lead off. Oh, with, we lead off. Let's get with this, this out of the way, man. I'm not. I'm not playing the song. Good. No, we're not. If you want to assault your ears, I don't want ears. you to suffer. No, someone's gonna go assault their ears. They're not gonna believe us, and they're gonna go listen. So, uh, yeah, on Fridays, it's New Music Friday on Spotify, um, and they've had this series going on for a couple of years called Spotify sessions or Spotify singles mm-hmm. where artists will come either to their studios or, or somewhere in a, in a live music environment, uh, play one of their own songs, one of their newest songs, um, most often or most mm-hmm. likely, and then a cover of their choice. Unless you're sting, they did not make him. He just played, he played one of his new songs and one of his old songs, yeah, I think basically, <laughs> Um, so sometimes that is the case and, uh, an artist that was featured this past week was, uh, the fake news of pop music. Yeah. Also known as Taylor Swift. Yes. And, uh, she played one of her songs, uh, delicate from her most recent album. And then she, uh, performed a cover, uh, a very interesting choice, (laughs) uh, September. By Earth, Wind, and Fire. What was she? I I just want to know what was going through her mind when she was like, you know what would be awesome to do? September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, you know, the. Say to you. That's how she sings it. Like it's. You took away. And I don't have a problem with people changing up a song to cover it. Because typically, if you're going to cover a song, maybe you want to add your own spin to it, but. I think one of the one of the things that makes that song that song is the energy, the horns. It's upbeat. It's it's moved. This is what this is what she did. Okay. If you hear there, there's this subgenre of music on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I think we briefly talked about this, where someone will take a hip hop song, oh the Boyz Avenue or an R and B song, <laughs> not exactly Boyz Avenue style. Well, well, I, well, well, actually, yes, Boyce Avenue style, but Boyce Avenue takes like other pop songs. Yeah. I think the first not time, really a lot of uh, R&B songs. 
who was the guy that did AO technology? Because that was the first time I heard this being done. I think Boyce Avenue did that. It was it was some guy and I, I remember like I know exactly what you're talking about but take basically take a hip hop song or an R&B song Milo was his name yeah okay yeah 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 and so he, I think we played yeah. on one of our uh, older episodes um, and pick up an acoustic guitar <laughs> <laughs> or a banjo or whatever she might have been playing and re and rearrange it in this like basic really slow bland, down um yeah and just just taking all of the um all of the aura out of the original just song glance at the soul the all the soul that's what she removed from this song all the, the all soul. the r and the b and the- <laughs> no r and no b in in her cover of September. no blues they call so they're calling it a folky version of it and I think that belittles folk to do that. <laughs> you can't. Like I said, this is done with a lot of R and B and hip hop songs. You yeah. just can't do. You can't just can't do that to any R and B song. No, you can't. No. And and I think sometimes I think people overreact to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. A lot of it doesn't bother me, yeah. but this bothered me because it. She should have like, known it, better. It was just so bland. It was it was boring. I think she should have known better. I think she has grown as a as an artist enough to understand what that song means. She's not, you know, this isn't fearless. Yeah. I could I could understand if she did this around the time she did Fearless. She's put out two pop albums and she has worked with on the latest one, she's worked with Future. Um, Ed Sheeran and Ed Max Sheeran. Martin, and and on the last one she worked with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. So she, no excuse. You're old enough to understand. Um, like you could have done this better. Like this, I don't. I don't think it was. This wasn't cultural appropriation, which I know some people want to accuse her of. This, this just was just bad. bad. Yeah, that's, this that's was just all terrible. This was. She made a miscalculation. Um, and she's got a talented enough band to where she could have done this song. At least she used to. I don't know if she still does. But she had a talented enough band around the red era to where she could have done like they probably were like, why are we, why are we playing it slow? Like, that's what I imagine they said. They probably loved the song. They're like, oh, snap. Did y'all hear we're going to play September? And then they come in. They show them the arrangement. And, <laughs> and one guy's like, he puts his guitar down. <laughs> like, what, what the hell is this? What is this? He put his guitar down and was like, uh-uh, I, I won't be a part of this. I won't be. <laughs> called the union he's like i won't play on this <laughs> they had to replace they had to get a hired gun they called the hired gun union <laughs> they had to they had to, they had to find somebody to send him in she's like send me another guitar player this one's broken <laughs> <laughs> i guarantee you somebody and i might watch the video just to see this but somebody was unhappy somebody thought they were going to play this song in its original style and they probably got real excited i bet it was the bass player Got real yeah. excited, and then he was like, Mm-mm, "I thought there was going to be like if it if it sounded like those bossa nova songs we were listening to, <laughs> I would have been pleasantly surprised." Yeah. And her band could have pulled it off. Yeah, but, but no, nah. she was like, "No, we're going to slow it down. Like the originals, like you know, 130 beats per minute. We're going to take it down to like 70 to 80, you know, and you know, we're going to take out the horns and the electric guitar, and we're just going to put in like an acoustic guitar." And it's going to be slowed down and I'm going to sing it really breathy. That is, that is all. 
and he put his he put his base down and he walked out. It was <laughs> like the scene for anyone who's watched Atlanta. <laughs> There's a scene like okay, we note the character Paperboy has the mm-hmm. song called Paperboy. <laughs> All right, so uh, there was an episode. It was on the second season. There was yeah. an episode to where um, uh, someone sent him a video of a girl singing an acoustic version of Paperboy. That is, th- and it was just mm-hmm. and it's. Donald Glover, man. Donald Glover knows. <laughs> he knows. Because he's had people do it to his songs. <laughs> he knows. So, and that, is, that is what Taylor Swift did with September. Yeah. So, um, man, there, there's there's another nickname for her there. I mean, I don't think there's anything going to be stronger than fake news of pop yeah. music. But, um, you know, YouTube acoustic girl. <laughs> Uh, it, there, there's something I'm, I'm working on it. There's gonna, there's a, there's it's, something in, there's another nickname for her in there. Yeah. There's a, it's just, and it's, it's been all over social media. And of course, you know, you take social media with a grain of salt, but it was, it's, it's, they're right on this one. It's pretty bad. It's yeah. All right. So, uh, speaking of someone who's worked with her, the artist we refer to as the mighty Duckworth, <laughs> Flying V. <laughs> Flying v. Uh, has a Pulitzer Prize, man. Is this is this him beating Iceland? Like, is he going to be? Is this him peaking? You know, like he's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. This is like what is him? this? Is beating the Hawks? No, no, this is beating the Hawks. Okay, this is beating the Hawks. If you haven't seen the Mighty Ducks, you have no clue what we're talking about. If you haven't, go watch the movie. You won't be disappointed. Uh, because uh, Iceland beating Iceland, would that well, be an album of the year Grammy? Would that be? Yeah, that would okay. be him beating Iceland. Okay, that'd be him beating Iceland. This then, is him like, beating the Hawks. And so I guess we'll have to think of like what him beating the Varsity would be. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come back. We'll, we'll figure he, that out. Well, is there? There's a Nobel Prize for music, right, or for literature? I don't know. I, I would he almost might be eligible for maybe. Yeah, or. Would it be getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like, is that beating the varsity? Man, it would be so, be so anticlimactic, like D3. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I imagine the first year that he's eligible, not getting in, is like when they lose the first game. <laughs> and then the next year when he gets in, he learns how to pick up the trash. <laughs> and Bombay but shows it up. Would be, but it would be kind of ridiculous when he finally gets inducted. Because it's like, why wasn't he inducted in the first place? It would be weird, like Goldberg scoring the game-winning goal. Spoiler alert. <laughs> like, okay, Goldberg doesn't Goldberg? play Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. So, but yeah. Um, yeah, so Kendrick Lamar won a Pulitzer Prize. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool, right? <laughs> it, it, he's the first non-classical or jazz artist to win the award. Didn't Bob Dylan win it last year? Or am I mistaken? And he I think he won else. a Nobel Prize. Nobel, okay, and that's why you were okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, so um, to see how whoever the if there's a an academy of some sort as far as selecting a, a winner for this award to go outside of what they normally do, which is a classical artists, yeah, uh, or or jazz artists, um, they called the album. A, virtu- a virtuosic song collection unified by its vernacular authenticity and rhythmic dynamism that offers affecting vignettes 
capturing the complexity of modern African-American life. Uh, basically they're saying, Oh, he wrote a, He has an album about black people being black. Yeah. And he has not, um, he hasn't really compromised what he talks about. So I, I think that's one thing I was talking about this with a couple of coworkers the other day, how, um, he's kind of like how with, like, if you look, I compared him to Nirvana. They didn't change who they were. They made you come to them. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Lamar is like that. He has like the, the, I was like the most commercial thing he's done is rap over a Mike will made it beat. Yeah. That's literally the most commercial thing he's done. And I mean, and honestly, if you look at the lyrics, it's not even that commercial. Like he really made you come to him with, in a very unapologetic way. I'm going to make what I like and, and people liked it and respected it. The way that he may have changed. And I'll have to go back and listen to his earlier stuff, like stuff before section 80. Yeah. Um, when he was referred to, when he went by K dot mm. and he was, that was probably like the, um, I guess the most accessible, mm-hmm. I want to say the poppiest, but may, uh, maybe it might be considered the poppiest community. Yeah. Um, but the most successful he was been, he, he, he was at the time was as K dot before okay. he, um, before good kid, mad city, like yeah. all this stuff before that. So he kind of went back to, um, kind of back to that style. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he said, the initial goal was to make a hybrid of my first two commercial albums. Okay. That was our total focus. How to do that sonically, <laughs> lyrically through melody. And it came out exactly how I heard it in my head. It's all pieces of me. So he, um, he made the album that he wanted, which I think is a rarity Yeah, uh, for any artist, yeah. <laughs> no matter what genre, yeah. uh, to, to make the album that he wanted. Um, and it doesn't mention here, uh, last year, the Nobel prize in literature also crossed over the mainstream pop music, awarding their prestigious medal to Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. And the singer received a $900,000 prize during a small private ceremony in Stockholm after submitting his speech to the Swedish Academy. So, could Kendrick Lamar win a Nobel Prize? Only time will tell. <laughs> we'll find out uh, probably by the end of the summer, I think. <laughs> um, well, I would say yeah. maybe not this year, because, I mean, you look at someone like Bob Dylan, who's considered a legend, you know, respected by Well, yeah, the Nobel Prize is for a particular piece of work. The, the Nobel Prize, specifically in literature, in the case with Bob Dylan, they considered his entire yeah, discography. I mean, how old is Bob Dylan? <laughs> He's in his seventies. So, so if it took them that long, I imagine, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, but I think it's going to be one of those. Let's evaluate his entire body of work. Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's impossible. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess when we're I don't know, 60, I don't know. Yeah. It might, it's going to be a while before we yeah. know, <laughs> but, uh, this is definitely, this is something to celebrate. And I think mm-hmm. there was an article. I didn't even look at it, but it's like, yes, let's celebrate him winning the Pulitzer, but hip hop still has a long way to go as far as being respected, yeah. um, as an art form. Um, well, and I think it's respected as an art form in a lot of cases, but there, the respect is overshadowed by everyone's like stereotypes or, um, 
whatever their whatever they assume that hip hop is, mm-hmm. they look at one rapper and think that rapper represents all the rappers. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. Yeah. But um You really have to yeah. look for you have it, to then, look for good music in every genre. Rap especially. We're seeing I think we've talked about it, we're seeing rap kind of go through what rock went through in the eighties where no one took it seriously. And now we're getting to a point now where people are, I think people are starting to take rap a little more seriously now. And it's because you have artists like Kendrick Lamar, Pulitzer prize winning (laughs) Kendrick Lamar, who they're, they're taking the art form seriously, which is good. We need more and we need more rappers in the mainstream because you can find underground rappers you know, that are not in the spot. Like, you know, someone might look at a tech nine is one person who comes up a lot. Who's taking the art form seriously. You know, we need more rappers like that in the mainstream. I think that, um, once, or there has to be someone who, because really right now what's popular in rap is what's popular among people much younger than us. Yeah. Teenagers. basically. <laughs> So basically we have to, uh, find what teenagers like find, like find someone that teenagers like that may actually, we may actually think is good (laughs) or just not dismiss right away. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is hard for some of us. And that's understandable. Get off my lawn. (laughs) Just because it's someone we don't think is good. Yeah. Um, I've done it. We've all done it. yeah, Yeah. I mean, I, and it doesn't i don't want it to i don't want to just look at the ones who are on funk master flex's show freestyle <laughs> and i've never heard of this guy so um so yeah there's there's still a long way to go with, with hip hop and there's it's not you feel like with some genres you've come to not come to the end but you feel like there's nowhere to go yeah um, I think there's still somewhere for hip hop to go. I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of rappers who are most likely going to dominate the summer, <laughs> let's look at the charts here. Uh, last week we didn't do a show last week, but, uh, God's plan was number one last week, but this week, uh, the perpetual Kentucky recruit, replaced himself yep. at the top of the billboard 100 <laughs> uh, with nice for what uh, using a sample of Lauren Hill's X factor and uh, having a music video, which celebrated women. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, Issa Rae and Misty Copeland and Tracy Ellis Ross mm-hmm. and um, uh, the girl from black Panther. I forget her name. She she was the, the sister. I know you're talking about, but I don't know. Her. Um, <laughs> I still haven't seen Black Panther. Nope, I haven't seen it. Uh, I'm gonna drag him later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olivia Wilde was in it. Okay. Um, so that's what I heard. Yeah. It's basically like you don't have to be nice to these these dudes. Like you don't have. Yeah. To. Yeah. You don't have to. Um, Just because I buy you a drink, you ain't gotta. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. no obligation. There's a subreddit I've joined called Nice Guys, and it's basically the imbi- well, it's the embodiment of what he's talking about. <laughs> it's crazy. It's creepy too. Um, God's plan did not fall far. It yeah. fell to number two. 
<laughs> so I think he's uh, starting out well for the summer. Um, number three is meant to be by BB Rexa and the Nickelback of Country. Number four, Psycho by Sirius Malone featuring Ty Dolla Sign. Number five, Look Alive by Blockboy JB featuring the Perpetual Kentucky Recruit. So he's got three songs in the top five. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who was the last person to do that in the top five. Yeah. I know we had, we've had Cardi B three in the top 10. I think Migos had a few in the top 10 too at one point. Yeah. But But not in the the top top five. five. Yeah. Very rare. And then have the top two spots (laughs) (laughs) at that. Uh, I think the last artist to replace themselves at number one was the black eyed peas. I could totally see that. I think it was I Got a Feeling and <laughs> Dirty Bit. Was it D- Dirty Bit? Probably Dirty Bit. <laughs> uh, number six, The Middle by Zed, Marin Morrison Gray. Number seven, Perfect by the Most Influential Artist in Black Music. Number eight, I Like It by Cardi B, Love and Hip Hop Legend. Uh, Bad Bunny and J Balvin. Um, I'm assuming that's from her recent album. She's expecting to. Uh, yes. Uh, that day, that day is debuting at number eight. Number nine, uh, Freaky Friday by Lil Dicky featuring Mr. Finna Be Mean. <laughs> and number 10, Finesse by Pete and love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Yeah, I finally heard The Middle by Marin Morrison Zed. And I finally heard Freaky Friday. I did not know Freaky Friday was in the top 10, though. Yeah. Good for Lil Dicky. That's a funny song. <laughs> All right. Um, let's look at the top two, the Billboard 200, which are the top 200 albums debuting at number one, Invasion of Privacy by love and hip hop legend Cardi B. Oh, boy. I think I know who's going to be a number one of the hot 100 yeah, artists. The artist one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number two, America by 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, debuting at number two. I wish they were on here more because I I would we could totally make fun of the fact that people only know Jared Leto, like <laughs> Jared Leto on them. Like, <laughs> uh, number three, the weekend, it, they, this debuted at number three, uh, my dear melancholy, uh, an EP by the weekend. It would debut at number one last week, as I predicted, um, sitting pretty, <laughs> sitting pretty, <laughs> Number four, how, how the I, greatest show in soundtrack. I didn't even stream it last week. What happened? Is number four. Like who's still buying this soundtrack? Whew. Man. I, like Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron and Zendaya can't have this much power. <laughs> they don't have this much pool where people are, they, are still are buying they on tour? It. Like are they? <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on, man. Running to like local elementary schools and high schools. <laughs> They're licensing the the show to high school. High school. <laughs> I want to be the Zac Efron character. No, I want to be Zac Efron. People are playing "This Is Me" at their proms or something. I don't know. Dude, I could see that's a that's could be a graduation song right there. That could be a graduation. <laughs> oh man, the, um, the, the the schools with the good singers will actually have someone sing it. <laughs> oh god. Um. I, I could I could see it like if Glee was still on the air, oh, this God, would be yes. a Glee song for real. They'd base the episode around <laughs> it. 
Um, number five, a question mark by the extension cord. <laughs> XXX Tentacion. Number six, Culture 2 by our friends from Gwinnett. Number seven, the Black Panther soundtrack. Uh, it's it's hanging in there. Yeah. Um, it's no the greatest show. It's not though. the greatest show. It's not. It's not. Clearly not. <laughs> number eight. It debuted at number two last week. The world is yours by Rich the Kid. Number nine. Stony by Sirius Malone. And number ten. Debuting at number ten. Total Xanarchy by <laughs> Lil Xan. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we doing? Okay. Total. <laughs> That's all good, man. That's all good. <laughs> all right. So she's got a top 10 song. She's got the number one album. And she just did SNL. She just did SNL where she revealed to the world that she is expecting. So number one, of course, on the artist 100 is the love and hip hop legend Cardi B. She's she's trying to take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's this, um, I didn't read too much into it, but, uh, I don't know if people are trying to create this beef between her and Nicki Minaj or trying to stir up some kind of controversy as far as like, they did a song together, mm -hmm. uh, motorsport. And was there some kind of incident there? I don't know. But the, I, the story, like there, there's, I don't know who's trying to create this rivalry between them. Yeah. I don't know if they're like friends, like buddies, but they've worked together and it appears they respect each other and whatever beef it is, is being, Manufactured. Uh, yeah, probably being fabricated from the outside. Um, but Nicki Minaj did like come out with like three songs last <laughs> week. So uh, she's clearly coming out with a new album, but I think people were like listening and like looking for any Cardi B references and there probably really aren't any. Mm. So I don't think so. I mean, eh, I don't know. because it's as if like we have all these rappers out here, right? Mm -hmm. All these male rappers, but as far as female rappers, there's only supposed to be like one that like has all the, um, all the attention kind of like there's only like one star black comedian yeah, who's doing all the movies at a time. Right now, it's still Kevin Hart for yeah. anyone wondering. Um, <laughs> there's only supposed to be one uh, popular female rapper at mm -hmm. a time. Basically. <laughs> so um, we, we, I, I don't know. I, 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 well, I like, I, I think it is a manufactured, fabricated yeah. rivalry between them. I don't really think there's anything until there. she comes out with a diss song. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a clear diss song in which one of them says the other's name. Yeah. In a derogatory manner. Then I'll believe there's a beef. <laughs> and there's a beef. Until then, there's some turkey. <laughs> um, number two is the perpetual Kentucky recruit. Number three, the retired or unretired 2K legends. They stay on this list. Yeah. They're on here. Yeah. Are they on? They are, they are not on the 2K soundtrack this year? No, but there's a lot of songs that sound like them. So clearly <laughs> they wanted them. <laughs> Uh, number four, the most influential artist in black music. Number five, they were unlisted last week. 30 seconds to Mars. Yeah. The Jared Leto acting troupe. <laughs> the Jared Leto trio. <laughs> <laughs> number six, Mr. Pills and Models. 
He was number one last week. Number seven, Sirius Malone. Number eight, BTS. And they were number two last week. Yeah, apparently their single's taken off here. All right. Mm -hmm. Number nine, our friends from Gwinnett. And number 10, the mighty Duckworth. All right. Uh, We don't have really anything to contribute as far as Coachella goes. We... We we hear that Beyonce um, had an incredible performance, yeah. bringing all her friends, mm-hmm. uh, except the two that were initially dismissed from Destiny's Child. That were really not her friends. <laughs> One of them said there's going to be a reunion. I think that's just something she believes. There's she not, even know there hasn't names. been any kind of discussion. Beyonce didn't even know their names. <laughs> she was like, Dad, she where's three and names. four? That's what she said. Where's three and four? She knew their names. He was like, three and four had to go, baby. They were trying to steal your spotlight. She knew their names. She, well, she knew they started with a what letter it started. Their name started with. At least that. Where's L three and L four? Um, but yeah, uh, apparently it's a great performance. Um, it's on YouTube somewhere. I think yeah. they were streaming live at Coachella. Mm-hmm. Um. It's still not a place I want to go to. Yeah, me either. Maybe, maybe when I'm older, I would go to Coachella. But right now, like, I think it'd music be more, it'd be less enjoyable me. if you're older. <laughs> like, you probably, maybe not so much. Uh, I mean, well, I think I think I think it would still be enjoyable. Actually. No desire to go. I'd go to Bonnaroo before I went to Coachella. At least I have to get to California and got to find a way to get out there and get back. Yeah, I mean, I was willing to go to Tomorrow World. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> I, th- I think Coachella is like uh, tame compared to, to our world. Um, uh, that was so. That was the artist one hundred. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what other stories we got here. Um, okay, we had the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions. Um. Bon Jovi and the Cars and the Moody Blues. I know they were inducted. Uh, and there's always the question of if, if there was a band that broke up, mm-hmm. would all the members show up if they were inducted <laughs> to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? We talked about it with our episode about Chicago. Peter Cetera was not there <laughs> when they were inducted. No surprise. <laughs> and it turned out in the end that this was all just a puff piece to get them inducted. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I wonder who's going to do the yeah. next one because it worked. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So I'm wonder who's going to be, you know. Uh, this year with Bon Jovi being inducted, Richie Sambora did appear, and there are talks of going on tour. There, that's always that's always what what happens, mm-hmm. isn't it? Did Heather Locklear show up? <laughs> <laughs> to support or did him? Richards? Did she show up? <laughs> <laughs> like that's awkward. I'm here to support my man. Well, you know what? That's that's fine. You know, <laughs> that's fine. So, um, but that's why, like, if they if if the original band members show up, oh, let's go on tour. Yeah. And I feel like they they talk about going on tour like immediately, just so there's no, like, so there's something to talk about. Otherwise, they wouldn't talk to each other. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe we should go on tour. Yeah, let's go on tour. Yeah, because there's yeah. nothing I want to do more than be stuck yeah. in a bus with you. Like, <laughs> yeah. And we can talk about the good old days. <laughs> because they are old. <laughs> no uh, one has days anymore. So, uh, yeah, that's that, that happened. Um, so Bon Jovi's members did show up. 
So that's the win. I don't, I, I'm not sure who's eligible next year, but, um, you, we know that band that there's going to be that band. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, there's a, well, as we talk about Drake with having the number one and two songs on the hot 100, he's expected to come out with an album in June. It's going to be called Scorpion. <laughs> We'll find out what that means at some here. point. There's <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a Mortal Kombat reference. He should put he put, should put him on the cover. Like, why not? He, he's he can do whatever he wants. He's Drake. There's all uh, if he um he's like Fortnite is a popular game. Yeah, have you played it? I have not. Darren's been trying to get me to play it, and I need to download it. Um, yeah, I, I hear a lot about it though. Uh, there was a thing with with Drake playing Fortnite and. Uh, your, I guess your character, or uh, it's an option to have them do a, um, what's called an emote, which mm-hmm. is like a dance move. Yeah. Uh, they had. Um, you ever watch Scrubs? No, I did not watch. Scrubs. Uh, if anyone who's watched Scrubs, they had where uh, Turk. Um, there were some people in the hospital that were going to start an air band. Basically, they just like, yeah, air guitar, air drums, whatever. And they needed an air lead singer <laughs> and Turk audition. And he did a dance to BBD's Poison. Oh, God. So the dance uh, they put into the game. His oh, dance God. they put into the game. But what Drake wants is if they put his hotline bling dance That'd into the game, funny, actually, then he will he will make a reference in one of his songs on his new album. Okay. Oh, I'm watching this. This is hilarious. I do think that's a fair exchange. I've never seen this before, so this is crazy. Yeah, you're going to see it in... um, uh, Ben's watching it right now, the Turk dance, and as they put it into Fortnite. Okay. They didn't show the Fortnite, but that's that's pretty funny. I'll hear this side by side. Oh, my God. They really... Yeah. (laughs) It's actually kind of a funky dance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's actually kind of cool <laughs> so yeah the uh the hotline bling dance uh i think they Fortnite. should yes i think the i mean like whether or not he makes a reference in in the song anyway in a on his album anyway i think that'd just be funny just because and i mean i guess which part of it too because i mean the video is he's doing he's doing a lot of dancing in that video um I don't know, but yeah, I mean, it's like, you'll know it when you see oh, it. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering like, will it be like the, where he's like acting like he's on the phone? Yeah. It was probably the, like the, the, when he's doing like that, <laughs> yeah, the, like that, or he's like, like there's so many, like if that were a movie, it'd be very quotable. <laughs> there's just, there's a lot of quotableness about that dance. So yeah. Um, so yeah. Is that, you think that's a fair trade? Oh yeah. That thing is more yeah. than fair. Yeah. All right. Um, Lauren Hill's going on tour. Oh, yeah. Uh, I heard that she's not a very good performer lately. Well, she, her show start like, if the show starts at eight, that means she's going to start at like 10. Yeah, that's kind of, who who wants that? <laughs> um, but it'll be for the 20th anniversary of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Uh, that album is actually 20 years old. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, a lot of these, a lot of these albums that we grew up on, you know, uh, and hell, even ones that we didn't grow up on that we yeah. just, you know, um, as this, cause now this, to me, this album is tied to, what was the movie that Chris Rock did? 
um, where he where he um, ran for president. Oh, uh, head of state. Was it in that one or was it in the other one where he that was the everything dead is everything? guy? Yeah, everything is everything. I think that was in Head of State. Okay, yeah, that's forever tied to that movie because <laughs> it was like, and he used it like too much. Um, and then of course that I always think of Duop that thing. So yeah, crazy. Twenty years old. Um, I wonder where she's going on tour. Oh, it says July fifth in in Virginia. Okay. Hmm. All right. So this summer, get your Lauren Hill tickets and prepare to wait. If you <laughs> if you live in Atlanta, she will be um, State Bank Amphitheater at Chastain Park. On Friday, August 3rd. So, yeah, if you want to, you know, put yourself through that again. <laughs> I know a few people who've seen her, and that's why I, I was like, I would never. Like, after hearing that, I was like, I will never go see her then. Like, I don't want to deal with that. And on top of that, like, I think at the time, she was not allowed to perform her own music. Yeah. 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 So, I was like, I don't want to deal with that. Uh, probably if you're if, if she's in the New Jersey area. Could there be a Fuji's reunion? Let's see. Is she going to New Jersey? So she'll be in Wontog, New York. And that's the closest. She'll be in Philadelphia. Mm, it's possible then. Yeah. That's that's possible. the closest she's going to be to that area. Won't go. Oh, no. Wait, wait. Homedale, August 8th. That's really weird. She's going from Jacksonville to Atlanta to Nashville to Homedale. And then she's going to fly out a month later <laughs> from her August 8th is Homedale. Then in September 7th, she's going to New Vegas, not New Vegas, <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. And that's just she got a residency. I don't know. Like that's such a <laughs> that's what, weird, that's, like. that's such a weird, and then she's doing more. She, then she's out on the West coast. That seems like such a, a random tour schedule. Hmm. Like who put her tour schedule together? She did. Yeah. She seems erratic like that. <laughs> um, that and that means she's probably probably is flying from place to place. No tour bus. Mm -mm. No tour bus for Lauren Hill. <laughs> she's gonna play the Apollo Theater, so that's cool. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's where the Fugees reunite. You think so? If there if it's gonna be a reunion, it's at the Apollo Theater. That'd be so cool. All right. Um, well, you had you pulled at this story before we started recording. <laughs> it's back. It's back. Uh, yeah, I think that we're about we're at a, about a year after <laughs> the whole thing. Has it been uh, that long? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. It seems like just yesterday that Ja Rule was, <laughs> was duping people out of money. <laughs> it was too good to be true. So there is going to be a docuseries. Holy crap. No joke. Okay. Yeah, you're dead on. Yeah. <laughs> April of 2017. There's going to be a docuseries about... The greatest festival that never happened. Yeah. Uh, the Fire Festival have a docuseries on Hulu. Yeah, it says on Hulu. Um, so it's going to be made by the Cinemart, which was the uh, production company behind Jay-Z's um, Jay Time, the Khalif Browder story, Rest in Power, the Trayvon Martin story. So I uh, I can't, what are, I don't know. This is just going to be interesting. Um, what there's, I want to know, like, what more is there than what we haven't seen already? Yeah. Or, I want the movie. I'm waiting already. for the movie with Seth Cohen and James Franco, you not Seth, Seth Rogen. Cohen, Seth Rogen. And James, <laughs> and Franco, James Franco has to be the character that yes. says, let's just do it. And be legends, legends. Man. <laughs> let's just do it and be legends. Um, it says that still untitled docuseries. So it's going to be a docuseries. 
Uh, we'll feature it's interviews. Like four episodes. Yeah. I mean, what what more can you put in that? You know? Yeah. Inside sources that range from local Bahamians, stranded festival goers, <laughs> vendors, and investors. So maybe we'll see a Bella Hadid. I think she um, invested. I don't know. Whichever Jenner. And then it will also include. So apparently they got something we don't. We haven't seen. Said so it will include never before seen footage from the planned ultra luxury music festival and brainchild of entrepreneur Billy McFarlane, who I think people forget in this whole thing and just everyone blames. Yeah, ja everyone Rule. blames Ja Rule. That's only because they don't know the other guy's yeah. name. <laughs> um, but does it does it have a premiere date? It does not. Let me see. I don't. I don't think. No, I don't see a, it's just in the making. Um, it looks like Billy McFarlane is going to be sentenced on June 21st. So maybe that's when you make it. <laughs> yeah. After, after he gets sentenced. <laughs> so you can, okay. So it says in 2019. So, okay. It's a, it's a little bit away. So if you have a year basically to put it together. Yeah. They will put more time into this docuseries yeah. than they put they into the actual to festival. festival. Wow. I, I, you know, it would be great if they actually like try to do it in six weeks, like try to do the docuseries in six weeks. Let's see if it can be done. Let's see if it can be done. Yeah. And like <laughs> preface it by saying like, we set out to make a documentary in the same amount of time. <laughs> they tried to put together a festival. Did we do it? You be the judge. And then that's, <laughs> that's how you start it. And it just opens with some guy say like, you know, we thought this was enough time, but then I said, let's just do it and be legends. <laughs> and so we did it. All right. So, um, uh, do we have any more music news? Uh, let me check my, uh, no, I don't think so. I think that was it. All right, cool. Well, that will do it for our music news segment. Um, uh, and, uh, we'll get to your ear room of the week. Woo. All right, so my earworm is by an artist named Casey Musgraves. Um, she was supposed to be the next Taylor Swift after Taylor Swift started to lose her way and get too commercial. Um, personal songs, young, you know, country singer or whatever. Um, decided, I was, so I was listening to Maren Morris, who is on the Zed song. I've been listening to her a lot this week. Look for similar artists. Casey Musgraves came up. I was like, oh, I'll listen to her. I haven't listened to her in a while. She had a new album. It's really good. Um, the name of the out the song is called High Horse, and um, I do believe if Taylor Swift stuck to her country roots and went pop, this is what her album would have sounded like. But she's just not that good, as we <laughs> clearly saw. <laughs> All right, so this is High Horse by Casey Musgraves, and we'll be right back.
is High Horse by Casey Musgraves from her album Golden Hour which came out recently yeah it came out on the 30th alright so her newest album and you can find that song High Horse on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist right now and as you can see in our Facebook live that is what the uh, album cover looks like looks good touch all right so we started the uh episode with our um uh what we like to refer to as seattle the album (laughs) (laughs) uh the song can't hold this by macklemore and ryan lewis featuring ray dalton um one of their friends from seattle (laughs) 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 uh we all but we referred to the, the heist that Seattle, the album, because with Macklemore, Ryan Lewis being from the area and them getting most of their Seattle friends on the album, uh, what, that's what it seemed like, mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of Schoolboy Q and Absol. I'm not sure of everyone else if they're not from Seattle, but it feels like they are. <laughs> but what we wanted to talk about, though, is... Um, when we've made this reference that there are only like three record companies, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there are only three that matter. Uh, everyone, um, well, not everyone, but a lot of people like to, um, a lot of people want to start their own record label, hoping to be the next big mogul, um, like Diddy or Birdman mm-hmm. or, um, Master P. <laughs> <laughs> but, those artists, um, well, they, they are artists, but as record executives, they are under the umbrella of an even larger, um, company. And like I said, there are only three of them mm-hmm. <laughs> that have the capability of, um, pushing any, really any artist they want. I feel like in some cases, yeah, or just if you hear a lot from someone it's probably it's probably one of these three labels that are putting a lot of money behind them. Um, and of course, we're talking about Sony, Warner Brothers, and Universal. Uh, there's formerly the big four with those three, including EMI, but EMI was bought out by Universal. So now it's Universal EMI or mm-hmm. like EMI is like one of the, <laughs> like you're <laughs> under the Universal umbrella now. Yeah. Um. But basically what we wanted to talk about are the label, those big three labels, uh, kind of how they got there and what they can do as mm-hmm. far as what they're capable of and 
um, what they, what, how it affects the record industry today. Uh, because there were record labels that we heard of that we were from it, like more famous, I guess more famous names for of record labels to where we knew like what kind of artists they had, or yeah. we knew of that record label is if someone was signed to that record label, we knew it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like if someone was signed to Motown, yeah. if someone was signed to Atlantic or mm-hmm. Epic or Capital, mm-hmm. uh, that was a big deal. And even like some of the more like Geffen. Yeah. Like you knew like they had, and typically those were the ones, you know, you think of someone like a, a David Geffen who ran that label. Um, he had a particular style of music he went after. So it was a safe bet that the artist signed to that label had a certain sound. And the closest you get to that now really are like the vanity label, such as a fueled by ramen is the first one that comes to mind, Yeah, which is a bunch of, you know, punk and emo music. Um, which was started by, um, I think that was, was that Pete Wentz, Pete Wentz's label fueled by ramen? I think so. So, but you don't really have that, even though you sort of have that now, they all, you know, they go up to something. They all answer to one of these three labels and it's, it's just how things have gone. I don't think the record industry necessarily wanted it to be that way. Just with the advent of technology and, and how, Really, and it's kind of like when you look at anything modern that's being beat, you know, it's kind of like, oh, what's beating it? Internet's typically a safe answer. If, you know, a brick and mortar store goes under, oh, what happened? Yeah, probably the internet. Toys R Us went out of business. Oh, it's probably the internet. <laughs> like that's, you know, the internet so far is kind of undefeated, <laughs> if you will. So, yeah, and we we think that's kind of interesting. So, yeah. Um one thing I, I guess one thing that we can talk about here is the concept of the vanity label. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which feels like it's just, I mean, that's what it is as far as like, okay, an artist get, Oh, the, we're going to give you your own record label, mm-hmm. but it's really like, we're getting a piece of whatever artist you signed to. <laughs> and it's yeah, you like- get a piece, but we get a piece too. <laughs> It's almost kind of like faked power. Like yeah. it's like false. So like, cause the first one I was familiar with was, um, Maverick and that was, Madonna's. that was Madonna's. Yeah. That was the first one because they had, and let me see, I'm pulling this up actually. Cause they signed Atlantis Morissette. Um, and they also signed a punk band that I like called show off from the early two thousands that went nowhere. But like looking at her label, um, of course, you know, they were under Warner brothers. Um, they're in, they're currently inactive. Um, but they have Madonna, Atlantis Morissette, the Devtones, Prodigy, or excuse me, The Prodigy, um, Michelle Brett, Branch, Mest, Story of the Year, wow, um, <laughs> The Rentals, Tantric, wow, Candlebox, and Erasure. So these are, you know, like, of course, it's to, you know, that's, and who is, is Warner Brothers? Yeah, okay, I'm trying to, there we go. Um, so that was the first one I heard of. Um, and then, of course, we talked about Fuel by Ramen, but I'm not really familiar uh, with a ton of others. Well, there's a Grand Hustle. That's T.I.'s yeah, label. Okay. Um, Aftermath. Young Dro, <laughs> B.O.B., Iggy Azalea, A-Ball, M.J.G., uh, Good Music, which is Kanye's. Yeah. Uh, Aftermath, which is Dr. Dre. So I guess I do more than I do. Mo- no more than I thought I did. Uh, and then there's Shady, which is 
uh, Shady is under Aftermath, Demand. which is under Interscope, which is under, under Universal <laughs> Music Group. And then 50 Cent has G-Unit, which is under Shady, which is under Aftermath, which is under Interscope, <laughs> which is under Universal. It's like six degrees of separation, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so, you know, there's always... Um, oh, God. Eris Records. Paris Hilton. <laughs> She's the uh, only one. Um... There's also uh, Adam Levine has one, two two two, okay, uh, ten seventeen. That's Gucci. He has one first and fifteenth. That's uh, Lupe Young Money. Uh, Apple, which is the Beatles, mm-hmm. they had one. Um, so, at what yeah. point does this become multi-level marketing? <laughs> that's the- <laughs> that's what, kind of what it sounds like. Like, especially you know, like oh yeah, G Unit, which is. Goes up to Shady, which goes up to Aftermath, which goes up to Interscope, which goes up to you know to Universal, which goes up to Kevin Bacon. It all goes back to I, Kevin I, Bacon. <laughs> yeah, isn't this something that like seems like something like Bernie Madoff should have gotten into? Yeah, like just make a vanity. <laughs> and label. it probably would have been legit. Totally yeah, he legit. wouldn't be in jail. <laughs> um. So yeah, I did. <laughs> it's it's multi level marketing, yeah. but. You know, you hear about the um, about these artists getting these record labels, but it's really um, and it seems like, oh, they're getting into artist management and they're being a mogul and it's Mm -hmm. all turning into um, they're turning to a a big wig. But really, the artists who get these labels are really just a just a small fish. Yeah. Or a pawn. I mean, it's like they're guppy, using you, you to recruit, it. bring in people. Um, who better to find? <laughs> I mean, seriously. You are defining. Like, who better to find, right who better to find musical talent, you know, to, then, you know, and usually they just bring their friends. Like, that's all it really is. Just like a MLM. You bring your friends like, hey, man, I'm selling. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say because I know someone out there watching probably sells something. And they're going to be getting so like, no, I'm my own boss. So I'm, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. But it's like, you know, Madonna was like, hey, I got this label. You want to be on my label? <laughs> if I get 10 friends, I get it. <laughs> and that's, that's what happens. Yeah. You hear like people say, like, you want to, you know, people want to be there. If they have a label, they are a boss. Mm-hmm. But you have one, though, also. Are you a boss if you have a boss? I don't know. <laughs> That sounded so philosophical. It really did. <laughs> that, that's a that's an unintentionally deep question. Um, another another label, uh, Paisley Park, mm-hmm. Prince, nothing, which is uh, Trent Reznor, um, who had, uh, of course, his group Nine Inch Nails mm-hmm. and Marilyn Manson. They are also under Interscope <laughs> and Universal Music Group. So it's it's crazy because, like, of course, you know, we're talking about. You know, we were saying that Sony, Warner, Universal, Universal EMI, I guess, or whatever, are the only ones. And they're not technically the only ones. There are other record labels, but everyone feeds into these main three. three slash four. Like, they all feed into them. So, like, right now, looking at Capitol Records, which is a division of the Capitol Music Group, which leads up into Universal Music Group. So, everyone feeds up to something (laughs) um so like you know so i know anyone who's listening might be like no you know you know um grand hustle feeds up to atlantic and atlantic feeds up to what does atlantic feed up to 
um, Warner. I think. Warner. So they all lead somewhere. There's always there is some company, larger company at the top taking the lion's share, and that's just kind of where we are. And it's, and honestly, I think in some cases, um, one of the reasons they don't and I I couldn't find anything to support this. I'm just going off of you know a business practice really. You don't shut them down because then that means you would have to bring. Um, what do you do with the staff? What do you do with? There's a lot of things that like you know, and I imagine contracts and things like that. It's just easier just keep the company. We just own it basically. When you acquire the company, does everyone keep their job? Who knows? Maybe not. But it's just I imagine the legally is as much easier if you just keep the company intact, but you own it and you get a you get the you know the piece of the pie that they have. But that's what we're talking about when we say that there's a big, you know, the big three slash four, whatever you want to call it, universal EMI. That's what we're saying. Like when it comes to that, they're they're calling the shots in one way. They're the Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> All leads back to them. I'm trying to pull up our uh, video here. Which one? Our live feed. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and so it's interesting too, because I'm seeing here the breakdown. So, Universal um, EMI. So Universal is twenty nine point eight five, and they still have EMI at nine point six. So you just basically combine that. Sony Music is twenty nine point two nine percent of the industry. Warner Music is nineteen point three, nineteen point one three, and then the indie labels, which are twelve point eleven percent. So the indie labels, of course, are labels that do not really report to anybody. Um, they're just out there doing it on their own. Um, I think what the last big label I can think of that had some notoriety might have been what No Limit No Limit Records, although they were distributed by Universal, um, but they weren't like they were they operated for the most part on their own. I think Cash Money, Cash too. Money, yeah, Cash our, Money may still operate on their own. They may have like some kind of distribution, maybe if mm -hmm. if they actually went that route. Yeah, but you no, know, like. For example, Young Money is Lil Wayne's vanity label, which operates under Cash Money. But mm -hmm. I'm not sure if Cash Money operates under anything. I think Cash Money is, if I remember correctly, distributed by Universal. I might have got that mixed up. Cash Money might be distributed by, um, yeah, um, Universal and the um, worldwide Republic Records in the U.S., which is under Universal. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the parent company is Universal. Um, so looking here at the independent records, um, I guess the following nine, um, I guess they're big ones. Hope Music Group, Independent Label Market, K Coconut, um, which is a record label follow, um, founded by Haitian DJ Michael Brune. Um, Nicotine Records, Rich Music, Stealth Records, and Tinder Mix. I don't know a ton about a lot of these. It looks like a lot of them are um, EDM type record companies, um, but I guess we could we could start there. Really, as far as like, you know, what does it mean to be on a record label? How do we get here to where, you know, these record companies had to be consolidated like this? Um, what do you think? Well, I think part of it just from the names Warner, Sony. Uh, Universal, they're not just in music. Mm -hmm. Universal, I don't know if they own NBC. Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. So now they're in television. Mm -hmm. They, you see their um, 
I can't remember what it's called as far as movie terminology, but you see their logo at the beginning of films. So they're in entertainment. Yeah. That also applies to Sony who, and who also makes electronics. <laughs> they, um, they make video game consoles. Mm -hmm. So they're in entertainment in a way. Warner brothers has been around for almost a whole, a century. Yeah. And being in, uh, films and, uh, and in television. So with them having a hand in entertainment as a whole, uh, they have made billions upon billions of dollars to get into music. Oh, so we, you know, if you're, if they're dominating music, if they're dominating mu uh, film and TV in a way, mm -hmm. they can dominate music in a way. If they're, if they're backing the, uh, backing the artist and they're also making making money because the consumers are buying off of these artists. So if you have the capacity to have your hand on everything, then that is where, you know, these come, come in. Cause I, I with EMI, I don't know. I feel like that was just music. That was one of the big music ones, mm -hmm. but they weren't in anything else. Yeah. But these other guys bonds. were, in, <laughs> these other guys were into other things. Yeah. Um, and universal is clearly the, the biggest one. Uh, they purchased EMI in 2012. So they're, are the, did you say they're past, were they past 40%? Um, as almost. far as controlling the music sales? Yeah. Close to it. Yeah. 29 and nine. So, yeah. Um, and they, they also had a part in, like with Universal in particular, they had Def Island Def Jam <laughs> uh, together. And so then they broke them apart. So now they're separate labels, but yeah. they were, that was one label. Uh, they also, um, they had Motown, which was under Island Def Jam, <laughs> which was under Universal. <laughs> yeah, it can be confusing. <laughs> um, so yeah, and... Um, and they can move like Motown was under Island Def Jam. Now it's under capital. So you can move the label to be, so another label can make money off of this label. Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot. Um, and they said the universal music group, uh, but they're also, they were already, uh, now universal applies to music. I uh, saw so applies to TV and film, but the music group can also, as a kind of a separate thing, get into music and film. Uh, sorry, film and TV. Mm -hmm. And they purchased Eagle Rock Entertainment, <laughs> <laughs> and they and that is a production company that focuses on concert films and music documentaries. Mm. <laughs> There's been an uptick in those too. Yeah, there've been definitely an uptick in those. Uh, and the company won a Grammy for best long form video for The Doors when you're strange, which I think is on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and then they created TV series. Uh, one, one is called 27. One is called Melody Island and one is called mixtapes mixtape. And they purchased the back catalogs of other record companies, stiff records and ZTT, uh, from the group owned by Trevor Horn. So basically they bought uh, the catalog of music he produced. Mm 
Hmm. <laughs> and they could probably use it on there in whatever film and TV projects they use. <laughs> so basically you have people behind the scenes, um, like putting this stuff together as mm-hmm. far as like, okay, we can buy these companies and we can use it for TV and film. And then people are going to go out and buy it. And then we make all the money off of it or something mm-hmm. to that effect to where the artists aren't really making the money, but the label is. So, <laughs> and so that's an interesting thing to say there, because I know that is one thing that um, really has been harped on within the past 10 years or so is that, you know, the record comes. So the people at the top, of course, will always find a way to make their money. And even if it, you know, screws the artist on the bottom. And I think that's kind of been what record companies have been seen as, as of late. And I think that's why, you know, we're seeing the consolidation, um, the companies are not able to support themselves. So they get bought out and are, are consolidated or absorbed, whatever you want to call it. Um, because they're not able to make as much as they were in the past which is leading many people to think that we are seeing the downfall of the record industry as a whole. Well, I think that is the case, um, that there, the downfall is happening. We're Mm -hmm. in the midst of it. Um, because like the record, get the record deal is discouraged. Yeah. Uh, up until the, I don't say the advent of the internet, but once like something like Napster came along and people stopped buying CDs, uh, you know, getting a record deal was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And the only way you didn't make money is if you didn't read your contract (laughs) or you, well, yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. it. You didn't read your contract. <laughs> so artists like the Google Goo Dolls, TLC, New Edition, yeah, didn't read their contracts and did not get enough points on the on the on the album, right? And you know, did not make. And we're not talking about like didn't make money for like music standards. They didn't make money. Period. Yeah. Like you know, we would have made more or money in a year they, than they did. They made money, but they were on the hook for a lot of money for a lot of money as far as. When they went on tour, they paid mm-hmm. for all the lighting, all the musicians, yeah. uh, all the hotels, all the travel, mm-hmm. uh, all the music videos. No per diem. <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> or the per diem came out like that was money they already made, but there was disguised as their per diem or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, so, yeah, and so that that was the case as far as like that that is put into your contract that you were on the hook for these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see, you know, with that happening, you know, with these labels. And it used to be like when labels could, they could do that. They could do whatever they wanted. They could shelve you if they wanted to. Um, and now it's kind of coming back to get them. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in one in one way or another by them being not, you know, not being able to. And I don't want to say support themselves because, I mean, they're not dead yet, but like that's what's kind of coming around. We're seeing to where still need a lot of help. Yeah. Like you have, if you, you, everyone reports to one of these four, whereas some of these companies were able to exist on their own before that capital records, you know, the capital records building out in LA, they were able to exist on their own. And like a lot of these record companies, 
you know, like we said before, they were cool. Like it was, you know, if having a record contract was the the thing, like you, you go, you rehearse, um, you put out a demo. Uh, and typically back then it was a poorly made demo because home recording was very difficult at the time and very expensive. And, you know, you wait for the A&R to come and see your concert. And when the A&R sees your concert, <laughs> you know, they might get you a development deal. And, and once you get developed, then you get the actual recording deal. And, you know, you've, you got like a three or four album deal and you got your advance and you made the record. And, you know, that was the process back then. And what was it was also like part of that process is you had a greater opportunity to fulfill your contract. If it was yeah. a three or four album deal, you would be able to make three or four albums. Mm -hmm. And then you either renegotiate mm -hmm. or you went to another label. Yeah. And it's some, and it, you, you went to another label because you couldn't, um, you couldn't come to an agreement mm -hmm. or, uh, a bigger want label wants you, yeah. well, a bigger label wants to sign you and give you more money and a bigger advance. And yeah, and uh and you know and honestly like it's a movie we covered before but um that thing you do i think does actual pretty good representation of it you know they start out in the small they start out you know playing talent shows they cut a record a demo you know of course they recut it later because they want a better you know a better copy yeah, of it yeah they they that was a that was a home recording situation yeah. but if you knew somebody that had it, you that, know, that had you, the equipment. Like, yeah. hey, you, you know, you want to give them and, and get something out there, and that would be your demo. Like using a reel to reel was probably like a four track. They were recording the hand claps themselves, <laughs> you know, and um, you know, of course, and it's a good representation because the guy who's managing them basically says, um, "I'm just small time. He's going to take good care of you now." Um, Tom Hanks's character, I can't think of his name now, Mister White. Mister White, he's going to take good care of you, and Mister White is who brings them. He brings them into Playtone. Um, and of course, you know, they don't really, they're just, you know, they're the newest kids on the block. Um, not saying that they don't get respect, but like, you know, they're not, they have just one hit record. They haven't proven themselves but the, but yet. the thing is though, they already had a machine behind them. Yeah. How, how they're, they're going on the, the uh, Playtone like farm. They're going yeah. on the, yeah, they're going on the, the, fair. <laughs> the, the fair circuit. Yeah. They're going on the radio shows to talk about music or, or yeah. their album in general. They're doing though they did the radio drop. And, but if you <laughs> and if you think about it too, though, Playtone, they weren't like a, it was like the Playtone Music Group. It was just Playtone Records. So it wasn't like Playtone owned three or four other subsidiaries. Like when they went to go meet, you know, the president of the artists went to take the pictures with them or whatever. Like that was it. That's the machine. That's what it was like back then. You know, one one record label. It wasn't like this record label reports with this record label reports with this record label because so many have been bought and there's vanity labels and things like that. And that's why I feel like it's a really good representation because that was. And so when the machine chewed them up and spit them out, <laughs> you know, because they wanted to do what they wanted to do. Yeah, but like when you sign that contract, you have to do what they want. You have to do what they want, and they had a catalog. Like yeah. you're going to do these songs, and that's another thing. Um, like what I, I mentioned here that Universal Music Group bought the catalogs of these record labels mm -hmm. of music produced by Trevor Horn. Now we can do these. Songs. So now we're talking about Elvis Costello, Art of Noise, Grace yeah. Jones. So now Universal Music Group has the rights to use those songs in any of their TV or film projects. Mm -hmm. And you can come and like you can record songs from the Playtone Galaxy. Or if they yeah. sign new artists, if they if the artists like 
if they're like, we want you to do a cover song, yeah. you can pick, you know, well, I don't think the artist can pick from that list, <laughs> but they'll be given a list of, yeah. you know, they'll be given a list. You could choose from this list. Yeah. Like, but, we don't have to pay extra for these. Yeah, or we don't have to pay anything. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, you know, it's, that's where it was and this is where it is now. And it's just so different. Like, it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's just different. So this is kind of where we are. Um, and some people might say, so of course, you know, we played, even though we were talking about the three record labels, one big part of that you can't ignore about this is how we got here. And so talking about that thing you do and the fact that, um, guy wants to quit the band because he doesn't want to do that thing you do in Spanish. No, that was, uh, not Jimmy, guy, the Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy guy was with the glasses. Yeah. Jimmy quit. I, <laughs> I quit. Like he didn't want to do that thing you do in Spanish. And, and that's one of the things where it's like, and, and then well, of course he, did, he, he, he also, he wanted to do his, his own, own songs yeah. and, uh, they wanted, you know, but like this, I, I well, I, another example was that we talked about the temptations, Yeah, you know, like the, the thing for them is none of them wrote yeah. any songs. Smokey all wrote all their songs yeah. were writing, were wrote, written by Smokey or Barry Gordy mm -hmm. or Norman Whitfield. They may have had a couple of others sprinkled in there. There yeah. might've been some Ashford and Simpson or something like that, yeah. but, um, they didn't write their own material. So it was all, it was Barry Gordy picking everyone's material. Mm -hmm. And he was like, um, it's not, it wasn't really explored in that film in what well, it, yeah, not in that mini series, but you probably see more of a parallel of it in, um, dream girls with funny. Jamie Foxx's character <laughs> yeah. being the puppet master. Yeah. Picking the material, telling you what, what you would wear, how you're supposed to look on stage, how you're supposed to sing, how you're supposed to sing. <laughs> yeah what 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 out what this album is going to be like mm -hmm. with it was briefly mentioned in the temptations miniseries to where they they had some success mm -hmm. right and um he's talking to them about playing the copacabana which was a big deal at the time yeah. because that was a nightclub that mostly white people went to mm -hmm. if not all white people yeah <laughs> but the way to get them there was to kind of sell them more is to middle image. america yeah so they did like an album of standards mm -hmm. um, sounding really nothing like <laughs> what they did previously. They did an album of standards that probably no one listens to at all. You mm -hmm. listen to My Girl and Pop Can't Get Next Stone. to You, Pop yeah. Was a Rolling Stone. No one knows about the, the out, this album called Mellow Mood. Nope. Didn't even know it existed. <laughs> but that's what got them to that next level. Yeah. Uh, so. And when you sign a contract. You sign that contract, you you do what we tell yeah. you to do. As Mr. White said, <laughs> um, Guy, the wonders are in breach of contract. <laughs> Don't worry. No one's going to jail. <laughs> and so that's what happens when you rebel against it. You, you sign so a contract. it's basically like, okay, well, then we're not doing anything for you. Yeah. Then depending on what's in the contract, like put it like this, um, we are, we, we've made fun of Cassie a few times. <laughs> She's made one album and she may have signed like a four or five album deal. Mm -hmm. She hasn't made a second album. And sometimes it's not that I know of. They won't let you like the time's not yeah. right. The climate's not right. The, the, and it'll be something like that. The time. Yeah. yeah. The time, the climate, 
uh, you don't have enough material yeah. or this material's outdated or your or single didn't do well. Your single <laughs> didn't do well. So we're not going to promote you right now. That's ha- that happened to Nicole Scheisinger with her solo album, which never happened. It never, it got shelved, you know, her album never happened. Yeah. And then in some cases you can make an album and not get made and it doesn't count, uh, as far as part of your deal. Like, yeah. Um, I probably worked, it probably worked on the end for Usher, but <laughs> that album that had that song with that line, <laughs> you can eat it, I throw it away. <laughs> There's a, there was a whole album yeah. that Usher made that never came out because LA Reed thought it was trash. Yeah. I like pop your collar. I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> that um, was a leaked, that was a leaked, leaked song. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's funny. And we mentioned all these things to say, these are some of the things that have now made it unpop. Well, not unpopular. So I mean, like if someone came in and offered either one of us a record contract, I don't think we necessarily turn it down if the terms were good. Yeah. But for artists such as a, you know, so we played, um, can't hold us back from Seattle, the album. (laughs) And, um, so what a lot of people may or may not know about that is he did that independently. Yeah. They made it themselves. Yeah. They made it themselves. And he's, you know, the line he uses, you know, um, backpack across town. Like that was what a lot of, and it's funny that he's not accepted really that much in the hip hop community because that's the way a lot of hip hop artists sold their music. Famously going back to MC hammer, who before he got signed, sold his record out, out of the, the trunk, trunk of his, of his car, car in Oakland. So and, uh, in that, in the MC hammer movie, yeah. something we haven't discussed <laughs> yet, but, but we will, but he, uh, when he was finally offered a contract, uh, he turned it down. Yeah, because he, he because he made as much money as they offered him. He was making that amount of money selling out of the yeah. trunk of his car, so he knew he was worth more than that. Yeah, uh, you don't run across a lot of artists like that who know their worth or have the have the business sense. Yeah, not themselves. I mean, hopefully they'll have people behind them if they don't know. But uh, I feel like you see it more in hip hop, though. Yeah, like you know, Ludacris did it. Macklemore talks about how he did it in his song. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's, you know, countless and and really looking at the mixtape era of music where, you know, people do their mixtape, they get it out, especially with the Internet, you can get it out to more people. So you're seeing you really see it more in hip hop. Other genres I haven't seen really catch on. I think with with hip hop, it it is it is evolved and and why the genre continues to evolve. Yeah. If you look at some at Macklemore, Ludacris, guys who started independently. Mm hmm the goal was to get on the radio yeah, and that's going to affect how you sound. Mm-hmm. Now, some of these new guys are on the radio, but, it's but not the, main the important focus thing is <laughs> to get it up on, to get up where people are going to see it, Yeah, which is going to be SoundCloud or MixCloud or some form of social media Bandcamp, where you can promote it. Like YouTube, yeah. Instagram, like through social media, that is where people are going to see it. And I saw a video today to where the, um, to where if you get on certain podcasts, yeah, hopefully ours will be like that yeah, one day. That'd be cool. But <laughs> there are other podcasts like No Jumper, and um, uh, there was another one. I think it was a Joe Budden podcast. But it, there are certain angry. podcasts. Where, yeah, he might not <laughs> like your song. But, <laughs> but if you get on those podcasts, as far as like the newer artists, 
that can blow up your profile mm-hmm. because if people are downloading those podcasts, they hear about these artists, they're going to go back and listen to them, find them wherever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and mostly in <laughs> probably the most common place is SoundCloud because yeah. it's, um, because any, you can lo- upload anything. Yeah, pretty much. You can do anything. So yeah. why not make a great product and then promote the hell out of it yourself? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, someone's going to find it. I mean, it's almost a DJ happenstance kind of situation, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's um, but it's like you have more control. Yeah. And so now it raises the question. So you, we see all of the. The And I don't want to say abuse, but we see, you know, kind of the taking advantage of the artist that pushes um, artists to, you know, be more independent and rely on other means of promotion outside of a record label. Because a record label can come back and, you know, maybe they try to charge you for promotion because prior to the digital age and, you know, the Internet, you know, it was like, well, what can a record company do for you? I can distribute you to the masses. And I can promote you to the masses with the advent of the Internet and social media. You don't need a record company to do that anymore. So now record companies are more and more finding themselves irrelevant. Uh, I have a clip here. Um, uh, This is. um, What was his name? Tom Corson. Mm -hmm. He's the president of RCA. And he talks about what uh, the major record labels can do. I'll give me a second to pull it up here. This is uh, right off of YouTube. (laughs) How many years ago is this? Uh, This was five years ago. Okay. So uh, this is Tom Corson talking about what a major record label can do for an artist. What a label does? It's an excellent question, and it's something that whenever we're meeting with an artist, which we try to explain and try to, because there are a lot of artists that come in and say, why do I need a label? And it's a, it's a really good question. You, first of all, you, you generally need a label for scale. So if you want to actually be a big artist and, and actually reach the world and have a lot of, their, and, 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 and hit all those touch points, which are very difficult, to hit, you need an army, you know? Uh, and you really need an army, and it's very difficult. And then there's just very boring stuff, but very important stuff, like, like making things, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> And it's, it's true. And making products takes a, takes a lot of expertise and a lot of detail. And if you don't want to stumble and make a lot of mistakes along the way, you want to work with professionals who know how to do that. And that's from putting together CDs. And everyone thinks di- digital distribution is just posting stuff up and shipping it out. What's happened is that is that all these um, all these digital retailers and and streaming services and whatnot they have their own process, and it's all different from each one. And some of the most rigid people are the digital people, surprisingly. And actually, they have longer timelines than physical. Physical has actually turned out to be more streamlined, maybe because we've been doing it longer. Yeah, a lot of but practice. that's the irony. And the other, the other thing that, that you really get into is, is the global aspects mm-hmm. of And to work with a multinational record company, it's very hard to stitch that together, you know, if you're an indie. I mean, yeah. I mean you know, um, and, and, and so if you really want global, so the scale being you want to be big worldwide mm-hmm. or at least have a shot at it, you need that army to go out there and do it, that partner. And, you know, yeah, you know, the, the, the rap on major labels, some of it's justified, some of it's not. And, uh, but, we, you know, we, we're sort of the Rodney Dangerfield of business. We get no respect, <laughs> we right? We get no respect. But people still come to our shows. That's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and so mm-hmm. at the end of, or come to our show. Yeah. So at the end of the day, um, it's not for everybody. I do understand the idea of certain artists, especially, I actually understand it the later they get in their careers, yeah. after they're established. 
then there's more choices, mm -hmm. and then and then there's a menu of services that that a label can provide an artist. That sometimes a major label can do. Sometimes you can go straight to a distribution model, and some of the indie distribution companies, like a Red or an ADA, mm -hmm. they've got a checklist and they've got infrastructure that can support the business model that would be a, a more mature artist or an artist who's going down a different path. Mm -hmm. But the beauty of things is is now with the way that, that the artists have so much accessibility to their to their community. Um, you really have the option of, 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 of all these services, but from a major to an indie, to a distribution model, to doing it yourself to some degree, and picking and choosing, but you have to know what you're looking for. Mm. And, um, and that's, that's the critical thing. What are your expectations, yeah. and are they aligned <coughs> with whoever your partners are? Yeah, I think you also touched on something that's valuable you know, from my perspective, is that, <coughs> that labels have experience. They have people that have been doing this for a mm. very long time. And it's one thing to have enthusiasm and have a love for music and be able to spot it. It's quite another thing to be able to, to master all of these things that, as you pointed out, seem easy on paper, <clears throat> but in fact require lots of moving parts and lots of expertise that if you're learning on the fly, you, you slow the process down. All right, so that was the end of that. That was from the Steve Rennie channel. And um, what do you think of the of the the process he described? So, <laughs> so while he's he's he is saying a lot of a lot of truth, how and I don't want to sit out here and say that everyone can be Chance the Rapper, everyone can be Malcolm Moore. Um, we I get it. Like if it were that easy, everyone would do it. However, I think what he fails to realize is that everyone or maybe he doesn't want to admit he knows it but he doesn't want to admit it everyone doesn't want to be beyonce some people just want to get out there make music have fun doing it and make a good living doing it some people everyone doesn't want to be rich and on tv and things like that and so for those people the record industry cannot offer you anything like if your goal is just to make a living playing music and performing uh, and Gene Simmons thinks that person is lying. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe they are. I mean, like, but like for the for the artist who just wants to get by, the major label can't do anything for you because they're going to dictate what you do. So, I mean, yeah, most famously, I mean, if, yeah, if the important thing is to make music you you like or yeah. that you want you that, that you want to make. Or just to play at the venues that you want to. Yeah. If your goal is to have a weekly show at Mellow Mushroom, <laughs> <laughs> then you know a label can't do anything for you. Um, if you're trying to reach an international audience, then yeah, maybe you do want to get a label or become or at least a, get a, a marketing company. So like one of the companies he mentioned was ADA. ADA is a distribution company. And they actually, they were one of the companies that, or the company that distributed distributed the heist. So, of course, Malcolm Moore's um, LLC was one of the um, labels it was under, but then also Alternative Distribution Alliance, uh, which is owned by Warner Music Group. So it was self-released, but he got distribution. Otherwise, he would have had to do like Chance the Rapper, who, so this was he made just in- put it up on streaming yeah, services. It was streaming only. So the heist came out in 2012. Um, this came out, um, not Chance Rapper, but Coloring Book came out 2016. in 2016. So, you know, about four years later, we were ready for it. Were we ready for it in 2012? I don't know. 
with you know a streaming as far as just streaming only a streaming only I, album. I, well, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, because Spotify was fairly new. Yeah, uh, Apple Music, no one. Did Apple Music even exist? I don't think back it then? existed. Yeah, it might not have existed yet. I mean, like you had because as a matter of fact, because I was a um, a Rhapsody customer, I believe at the time, <laughs> and I was reluctant to go to Spotify. So that kind of lets you know where they were. Then I finally switched, and I'm, I've been happy ever since. But um, the streaming market was just not as robust as it is today. So you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see more streaming only where you just release it yourself. But then, like he said. How do you get to the masses? You know, are you lucky enough to have a, a big social media following? Are you lucky enough to know somebody in a position that can get you a big social media following? Or do you happen to know, like, you know, like, I feel like a lot, one of the things that did help Chance is that he knew people, he in, knew people. in high yeah. places that could help him. If Chance a Rapper was one of us, he he's just another dude streaming on Spotify. Let's just be honest. But he knew people. He got on certain songs. Every artist isn't going to be like that. So if they're if they're trying to attain that level of success and they don't have those means, then what can a record label do for you? A lot. But then again, we have also gotten to the point to where, as and we were talking about this before the recording, they want a finished product. Yeah. So unless you're on YouTube and you have a million hits and you're a Justin Bieber, you know, who yeah. was probably one of the first... YouTube stars to make it big. A lot of people might not know that he started on YouTube. He was for more or less a finished product. They didn't really have to do much with him when they got him. Well, I, well, I think there was, there was some development as far as I guess more of how he would actually be marketed. Yeah. As far as like what material would he actually be doing? But not as much as you would see in the past, but as far as like the, the image or the talent, mm hmm um, there was minimal. Like I'm pretty sure there. he didn't go through the process like a Britney Spears would have gone through. Yeah, back in the day, where like who knows how long it took. There were to... like, or <laughs> even with the person who uh, people would say discovered Justin Bieber, which is Usher. Yeah, Usher, but went he through. went to uh, what is known as Flavor Camp <laughs> with Diddy, and that is the most tame phrase you can use for what usher went through yeah um so it's yeah. it's it's, so, it's yeah. different and i do think that's one of the places so in order to make the money that they're missing out on now um and i feel like i might have skipped something they're not developing artists like they used to because that's an investment and if you invest all this money into an artist and they don't sell well you can't take that hit well it's like anymore. the the artists have to be their own A and R, even though that is still a, a prominent position in a record company, uh, I think th the definition is different. Well, I mean, it's less about going to bars, more about trolling social media. Yeah, you know, it's not. You know, I, I used to I read about how Matchbox Twenty, when they were called Tabitha Secret, you know, got discovered at a bar in Orlando. That is an awful name. Yeah, that's why they changed. <laughs> You know, they they got discovered playing at a bar in um in Orlando and, and how, you know, Puddle of Mud got discovered by Fred Durst at a bar somewhere, I think in Florida, even though they're based in Kansas City, which is weird to me. But still, like that's, you know, like you don't see that as much as you used to like you like, oh, man, there's record execs here tonight. We got to play, you know, play well. No, it's like, hey, let's make a video for YouTube and put it up and maybe someone will see it and call us. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and if they don't, 
you can be like Boyce Avenue and just do it yourself. Like we got enough hits. We monetized it. We've made enough money. We can do all of this on our own and we don't, we don't need a record label. And we are and, the regular in their, label. In their case, they don't need America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they so, are they are huge in Europe and, and yeah. Asia, I believe. So uh and they're from uh, Florida. They're from Florida. Yeah. But I think Gainesville you know, actually. <laughs> they they didn't even need um the American record machine yeah. behind them. So it's like and and it's not like every artist is gonna do this, but if you do have the savvy and you have, you know, and you know how to get out there and market yourself, which I think it, there's a lot to be said about knowing how to market yourself, because if you don't know how to market yourself, no one's going to see you. But then again, is that your goal? You know, do you just want to be a, a regional success? Because, you know, there's re- there's rappers who are regional successes and they get by just fine. They make enough money yeah. to, to live, to have a nice car, to have a house and they don't have to worry about anything. But how are they making money? Like there may not be literally selling albums out of the chunk of their car, yeah. but they are whatever they sell is theirs. they're getting everything. But you also have to invest in yourself. So yeah, you pay for the recording, you paid mm-hmm. for, you know, and, and which is why I think Chance made so much money because there was nothing physical. Like I do think some people might not understand too. Like to actually package a CD costs a, quite a bit of money. Yeah, no packaging. It's, it's just everything streaming. you're streaming. Yeah. All your money's coming from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you can stream it on Spotify or if you go to Apple music, mm-hmm. it's on iTunes and you can buy a track for 99 cents. Yeah. So, um, and if you go to SoundCloud, you got SoundCloud pro. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you have a subscription, I guess it's, it's like with Spotify, you have a subscription, you can stream something. Yeah. Uh, so, with everything coming from streaming and with it being released himself, yeah. he got all of that or most of that. Um, yeah. And most so of the windfall from that. And so with this happening, you know, basically what you kind of had happen in the early two thousands with, I mean, really kind of started with downloading music first, you know, the, the record industry kind of knee jerk reaction just started suing people. <laughs> Yeah. Metallica, you know, was at the forefront of it. And I still have a theory that because messaging is everything, you know, no matter where you what industry you're in, messaging is everything. And I think that they were the wrong band to have do this. You can't have not just one of the most successful metal bands, but one of the most successful artists or acts in the history of popular music. It's complaining to people about, you know, I, you're still in my music and you're hurting my bottom line. You can't do that. Like you, you, you get like hell at the time, get three doors down. They, they had, they had one hit and they're like, if we're going to have another guys, you got to buy our records. You, you got to have an artist that's new that you don't really know. Say that message. You can't have, I think they're like at the time they showed a picture of like, you know, James Hetfield, you know, in shorts, flip flops and a t-shirt coming out of the Gucci store. Who wants to help that guy? <laughs> like, who wants to help the guy coming out? Oh, yeah, he's really hurting. I think I'll go download another song, you know? And, like, that was really, I think that really hurt the industry that they started suing their fans. I think it also, what it turned into, in hindsight, it looks like, um, which, you know, I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. It's hard mm-hmm. for me to watch the Braves because they're one of those um, keepers of the game. 
mm. type teams mm. <laughs> to where if you show up the other guy in any kind of way, <laughs> it's going to be a fight. Yeah. Um, or you're not, you're not playing the game the right way. Yeah. That I think that's what the knee jerk reaction ultimately is in hindsight. It was like, you didn't play the game the right way. Yeah. You, well, I mean, and I mean, there's well, money yeah, like, too. They're missing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand that, Yeah, <laughs> but it, it, it looks that way. Um, when you add in that no one, not a lot of people were having the foresight of what this could turn into mm -hmm. until iTunes. Yeah. And that's where, and iTunes, I'd still say single handedly save the music industry because what they what they realized was all right and 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 honestly this is kind of what you see with Apple period they find a way to make it cool you know so like i remember like i was talking to abe and he was talking about like one of the things that really made the ipod shoot off was the the white earbuds like they're stylish so apple essentially made it cool to download music legally and then you have this little thing that could fit Every song, every song in your collection, <laughs> yeah. in this little thing, and you could just you know skip around, and everything's all organized. And you don't and have to go to the store to buy it. It's easy. Yeah. It's only ninety nine cents, so it doesn't feel bad. It's less than a drink. You're paying a dollar, <laughs> and get and you get to keep it. And you don't have to buy the. And that's the other. You don't have to buy the album. You can just buy the song. And you don't have to go to several stores. You don't have to worry about someone like a, if you go to a store. You don't have to worry about them being sold out mm -hmm. of that album. The CD will never get scratched. The, you know, it's not yeah. going to, it's yours basically until the end of time. Um, and so they found, once they found a way to make it cool, you know, they basically made sure that a younger generation understood, okay, we're well, here's a legal means to get music. Let's use it. And that's, and from then on, that's what it became. It became a legal means to get music and you did not, there were still people who will, there are some people who just will never pay for music. You're yeah. not going to get those people, but there is a segment of people. And I know a lot of these people, I'm just looking for an easier way to get my music. And if you provide me an easier way to get my music, that's not going to break the bank. I will do it. And there are, uh, I mean, you can, and what, what it is now, you can use the internet as, um, a means and I mean, you're, 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 you're not limited. No, you're not as far as you know, like you can release your album at midnight and people could just sit at their computers and wait. They don't have to stand outside the store. Mm -mm. You know, you don't have to go to, uh, you don't have to go to a Sam Goody. <laughs> you don't have to go to FYE, which somehow is still open. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, you can just sit at your computer and if you have a Spotify account, you can wait for it to be, you know, get the notification that the album is, is, um, that it's there, that yeah. it's been released, you know? Um, so, and then you have people communicating on the internet late at night into the morning and for, um, a few hours, mm -hmm. or maybe videos. even a couple of days. Reaction video, the word spreads mm -hmm. faster than People ever. tweeting about stuff, which is, you know, which is, could be good or bad. Cause if you release a bomb, that's not very good. That could hurt people you. People will know yeah. that it's a bomb, and a lot of people will say that it's a bomb, and mm -hmm. then make YouTube videos about how it's a bomb. <sighs> Talk about on their podcast how it's a bomb. Yeah. Make hashtags that this is a bomb. Yeah. And not a good one. <laughs> not a good one. So, uh, yeah. So, but as a result, 
you know, it has been declared along with the death of the record company, the death of the album, because now, um, you don't have to buy the album anymore. Whereas you would go and, you know, to the store and spend, you know, 13 to $15 on the album. Um, you don't have to anymore. You can, you can buy an entire, you can buy an entire album if you want, or you can just buy the songs that you've heard and buy more singles as they become available. So as a result, album sales have declined because now people are spending less on music. And so the first thing that I saw that the record companies tried to do to, to stave this off was the 360 deal. Yeah. Which is, you know, unfortunate for artists because basically it means now that the record company gets their hand in a piece of everything. And And it, it hurts those who are multi-talented. Yeah. Because if you, if you also act, they get a piece of what you make for a film. Yeah. If you, um, if you, what is, what's another thing that if you go tour, they get a piece of your tour and your merchandising. And so it used to frustrate me because I had a lot of friends who, if you have a clothing line, yeah, they get a piece of that who would, <laughs> they would, so they would download music illegally. And then they say, I support artists by going to shows. And I'm like, you're the reason why that artist, you think you're supporting the artist, but you're basically just putting more money into the pocket. Cause they were like, I'm not going to get the record label. Well, you're still giving them money. And because of those actions, the record label was like, all right, we're still going to get ours. We're just going to start taking it from your, from your touring. And so now, even though record contracts, you can still get paid. The prospect of a record contract is more like you've got to be in everything now to make money. You've got to have cologne, a clothing line, a restaurant. You've got to be in movies. If you're going to a- attain that level. And that's why if you go to like Drake, who is, you know, I just read it's worth a hundred million dollars, but he's also got his hands in Everything he is yeah. everywhere. He's he not has, making that off of music alone. He had, well, he has a vanity label. Yeah, of course. Uh, but he's also looking to produce TV and, and TV and film. He has his own clothing line. He, I think he has his own cologne mm-hmm. uh, has a whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's like, yeah. if you want to make that type of money, all right, you can do it, but you've got to do three to four times as much as people, you know, before you did. And so that's where, and to this, maybe even get to that level. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of, you know, musicians, and this is kind of like what people felt like was happening with title. You have these artists getting on their high horse saying like, well, I used to be able to make, you know, a million easy and now I can't boo hoo for me. And, and people look at that, like, and, and when you're speaking to the common person, I don't feel sorry for you that you can't get a jet anymore. Like, I just don't feel, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, weird owl behind the music with one owl. He's like, <laughs> and then I had to get the medium sized jacuzzi. <laughs> and it's just like, peop- and of course, he's, you know, as in everything he does, it was a parody. But it's like, <laughs> that's how people, that's how the music industry was looking at this. You had to go from the prospect of, I used to be able to make an easy $14 off of this album. Now I might make three. You know, and with streaming, that could go even lower. So, you know, a lot of record companies just could not support themselves. And next thing you know, they're consolidating, they're getting bought out. And we're where we are now to where, I mean, like, I think we had an article not too long ago that, you know, physical sales went up for the first time in a decade, but we're still nowhere near. It wasn't what it was in 1999. In the heyday of, you know. Between 98 and 2002, 
that was like you could just that was it. You could burp on a record and it could platinum. Yeah. You sold a million like records. You, artists could go platinum in a matter of hours. Yeah. And That's, it only took hours <laughs> because people were waiting in line to buy the album. Because the record stores were the gatekeepers. Right. The record industries were the gatekeepers. And I think part of it is it's now they have they have less control than they've ever had in their entire existence on how their product gets to people. And that probably scares them. They don't like that. You know, back when Lisa Loeb released Stay I Missed You, it was on the Reality Bite soundtrack. She was the first person to top the charts without a record deal. It's a big deal. That's a big thing. Now, if it happened, you'd be like, oh, well, that's just where we're going now. <laughs> record label, And, and, and you know. it, affects, it affects the industry as far as if artists are releasing music themselves, mm -hmm. then it affects how producers get paid because yeah. they may or may not get paid. How mm -hmm. did this artist get this beat? Did they buy it off a of sound click? Uh, did someone just put it up on Instagram yeah. and have this beat available for sale? Um, or did they have a friend who made the beat and then like, yeah, I'll, I'll put you on and then just like leave him in the dust. Yeah. And then, uh, and then what all and turn another turn that that can take. And I showed you the video earlier is that, with the artists that are independent mm -hmm. and record labels want to get a piece of that. Yeah. It creates a bidding war. Yeah. Like there are, there are bidding wars going on about with, with Lil Pump and Lil Xan and Lil whatever Lil, Lil you know, <laughs> rapper you think of, but there, there are bidding wars for these guys um, because they have a large following. Mm -hmm. um, they, their music is consumed primarily through the internet. They don't have they don't have physical sales of yeah, really anything, but they're still getting cost. they're getting radio play. Um, they're able to put things together rather quickly, mm -hmm. and record labels want a piece of that. Yeah, because so it's easy. It's it's, it's like the entry. artists. Some artists, some of those artists are having a little more control. They may get more than they quote unquote deserve. Yeah. <laughs> but supply and demand is, yeah, you know, if you're in demand, it is. yeah. And it's, 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 this is really interesting. It's just very. And so the video was saying too, and this is interesting. We talked about this. The video was like, are we signing people too fast? And it's like, that's what we've, you could say that about like almost every era of music since what, like the eighties, the early eighties when you know hair metal was big and they go to LA and <laughs> go if, to whiskey a go go yeah. and, and just get the flavor right. of the month how, how else is Cinderella getting a record deal <laughs> and then you go to the early 90s when grunge hits and you know you have the big four and they're looking for you know granted they had a career but like you have to assume that Stone Temple Pilots got a deal you have to assume that you know Bush got a deal because they sounded like these yeah. bands they yeah, sounded like looking for the next nirvana the next yeah. uh sound garden and then early 2000s trap music crunk music gets big music. you know looking for the next lil john yeah how do you think d4l and them franchise boys get record deals so we've seen it you know every we've seen it everywhere you know they're going straight to bankhead and getting rappers and now you know the new bankhead the new seattle the new um, Sunset Strip is the internet. It's SoundCloud. It's Instagram. It's Bandcamp. It's these websites where people have posted, the, you know, have posted their stuff. Oh, you got a million, you got a million, you know, listens each. Let's talk. <laughs> let's get in. Let's get in touch. You know. Um, and and 
And like we said, like, and to to bring it kind of full circle here is that, you know, we said like with the ANR has a different definition. Yeah. These companies are looking for a finished product. Your social media following is just as important mm-hmm. as how your music sounds. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said those guys who are on Funkmaster Flex's show freestyling and I've never heard of them, they're never getting signed. I don't nope. care how good your bars are, no. how many followers you have. Exactly. <laughs> how marketable are you right now? Because it is, because now every dollar that the record company spends counts. Like no one, no one wants to hear boom bap right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> if that first single, like we said, that first single doesn't pop. You're done. And the second, we might, if we believe in you and you have a big enough following, we might put out a second single. But if that one doesn't go, um, we're good. You're done. Yeah, we'll, we'll shelve that and we'll reapproach this later. And, and they can keep you in limbo. What, yeah, whatever kind of deal you signed. <laughs> They'll just keep you in limbo. They'll shelve you, you know. And, and that's what's unfortunate. And I mean, like, even as big as Drake is, and I think at this point, he does it he, because he, not because he has to, but because he wants to create hype and momentum. But there was a time where Drake had to release a single and it had to do well or we waited <laughs> to get that album out. And that's what happens to a lot of artists. But he's gotten to a point to where not to say that God's plan and nice for what are bad songs, but they are played as much as they are. There was so much anticipation mm-hmm. for new Drake mm-hmm. <laughs> that. Whenever it came out, I was like, oh my God, it's new yeah. Drake. I had to listen to it right this second. And that builds up the, and it builds up the anticipation for a summer release because he owns the summer now. Like he, you know, it around this time he starts to release the singles. And then by the time everything's at a fever pitch, all right, here's an album. And he drops it and it's huge, you know, and he's probably one of the few artists. I Taylor, she tried it, but I don't think, I think she waited too long in between records, I think. And th- it was what, like, it's like four years between 1989 mm-hmm. and yeah. 1989 yeah. came out in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 1989, the Taylor Swift album came out in 2014. So it's about three years, so three years, yeah, three, almost three three years. close to four, but three years. So I think by then it's just kind of like the, there was anticipation and then it was just a letdown. <laughs> Like it was, I don't think it was what people thought it was going to be. Whereas Drake stays in your mind like every year. Yeah. And he, and another thing that he does that kind of keeps his name out there mm-hmm. is this song with Black Boy JB. This yeah. is Black Boy JB song. Yeah. He'll get but on it's a hit because Drake, because Drake heard the song. Drake did the same thing with Migo. Party Next Door. Yeah. He did the same thing with Migos. Mm-hmm. He was on their Versace remix. He did the same thing with I Love Mackinac with Tuesday. Yeah. Like I Love Mackinac had his version of Tuesday where it's just him. But then Drake gets on. Yeah, Drake like, heard the song. You want some help, man? Together, some- <laughs> like, he just made a remix. Oh, for real? He just made a remix and then signed I Love Mackinac. I thought he was the original. And then, original and, then and then the remix is out there. Mm-hmm. So um, him uh, bringing in new artists. MLM like that is it. Yeah, <laughs> he's bringing new artists. So, so he's he's like the best at this right now. Yeah, <laughs> he's at the top of the pyramid. And so and it's just and this is how the record industry is operating right now. And that's why everything is consolidated, because these are the only companies big enough to I mean, it's basically kind of like they're supporting everyone like they're making sure yeah. that they're making sure that this don't collapse. <laughs> 
because without you know had it not been for them some of these companies might have just like they might have had to fold you know yeah because there have been record companies that have fold. i mean what's electra doing right now <laughs> arista yeah j records remember j records yeah jive <laughs> so it's you know oh they're under warner <laughs> should have known should have known so yeah. it's you know and it's is it unfortunate i mean i don't want you never want to come off as the you know get off my lawn guy um because i i don't know i I still think that, you know, a lot of music sounds the same because it's just easier that way. Like you record companies don't want to take risks. So if you want to hear music that is unique, you do really have to go off. You have to search for it now. You have to be willing to, you know, just go on Spotify, take your favorite artists, look up similar artists and look for the ones that you don't recognize and listen to them. That's how I found a lot of people. Um, and luckily, I think people, I think companies like Spotify and Apple Music have recognized that. And that's why they have, you know, the New Music Friday with a lot of indie artists on there or the Discover Weekly with a lot of people you've maybe never heard of because there is a ton of music out there. And it's, you know, the best stuff ain't on the radio. It's just the most popular stuff is on the radio. Every now and then you get a gym. But if you want to hear something that doesn't sound like everything else, you got to go find it. Because a record it's, company ain't gonna give it to you. What's interesting that it's on the it's on the fans mm-hmm. to push what music they like, yeah, to make it popular. But at the same time, it's also the fans' fault that this is happening. So it's like, which <laughs> came first, at this the point. chicken or the egg? Like, did we get this because we, you know, we downloaded so much free music that they were just like all right well we're only going to go with what we know give me another britney spears give me another nsync give me another this give me because that's i mean that's basically what it is i mean like you know for every popular huge artist you can probably find their their equivalent yeah <laughs> where and all that was was a record label saying all right well they were popular you so know we, we got to get one of those too yeah <laughs> they like french fries do you think they'll like sweet potato fries <laughs> You know, they like bison. Do you think they'll like elk? Like it's, you know, it's, they're trying to find the maroon five light. Like that's what, you know, that's essentially a uh, Ceruvian six. Yeah. <laughs> the sums, the, you know, so you know, that's what they're trying to do. And I mean, it's a knee jerk reaction because it is expensive to market an artist. It is expensive to develop an artist. And just like, you know, Walmart or Apple doesn't want to release a, a new iPhone that they spent a million dollars developing and not make anything. A record company doesn't want to spend a few million dollars promoting and developing somebody only to have the album sell a 100,000 copies because that's a failure. That's how you get fired. Yeah. <laughs> At every level, everyone, the A&R <laughs> that signed them, the president that authorized the release, everyone is like, get out of here. The artist isn't getting into making another album. No, he's dropped. The producers are not making another album. The songwriters might get away with it because no one reads the liner notes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> that did happen with um, Mitch Allen from SR71, who eventually wrote Heart Attack. And I think that was his redeemer. But he wrote part of Jesse James's first album. He wrote a lot of it and it flopped. <laughs> and I was like, well, that was your chance. <laughs> And then he got a heart attack and I was like, all right, you're, I think you're okay now. <laughs> but it was just like, you know, the little bit of clout that he had built up from like, Hey, remember I was in SR 71. Remember me? 
like the little bit of clout he had when he wrote like you know the lead single from Jesse James album and they're looking at him like you promised us a hit bro <laughs> he's like you know you know <laughs> they showed I mean, him the- is that is that what happened to uh danger i don't know what happened to danger like it might have been something else but it was like once they did once the clutch did Britney's blackout, blackout yeah. Carrie Hilson kind of faded kind of she got she kind of got away to make her two yeah. of her own albums but danger uh, i don't know or may, yeah. maybe Timbaland badmouthed them or something cuz they they were his guys yeah they were i feel like they probably put him to the side for like Carrie's going to break out then you're going to break out but his breakout never came or he signed a 360 deal. And I feel like that whole, like, what the clutch had has kind of cooled down a bit. Like, they were, like, everywhere. Like, people were, like, I mean, like, Blackout was just, like, people were, like, oh, my God, it's the return of Britney Spears. Blackout. Da, da, da. And then, like, you know, oh, my God, it's Carrie Hilson. And the clutch did that record. They did the Carrie Hilson album. and But then after that, it was just, like, you know, it was, like, Timbaland said, all right, we're hot. I'm going to make shock value and shock value, too. <laughs> And I'm going to I'm going to push One Republic and I'm going to push this song that I did with Katy Perry. And it's just like, Danger's like, when's it going to be my turn? It's still not his turn. Still not his turn. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to add here. Me either. I wrote a really good I did a really good presentation um, about this in mass media research at West Georgia about the RAAA and how they screw themselves over by suing their, like you, you don't sue your customer. Yeah. Like you just don't like, you know, and it's like, you know, we knew somebody in college who it happened to. And like, these were not small amounts. Like these were Gene Simmons was like, you go after them. They went after them and they gave them, <laughs> they gave them amounts. They could not pay. Um, and that's, and like, you know, if you want to make an enemy, you know, like if you go and, and, uh, and sneak into a movie theater, just kick me out, man. Don't take me to court <laughs> and find me $10,000. Like, don't don't do that because I'm never going to movie again. <laughs> or we'll just find another way. Yeah, we'll just find another way. So, yeah. And I honestly do think this is kind of what the movie industry is facing right now. And whether or not they come out of this, okay, we'll, you know, look at the RIAA. MPAA, look at them and see what they did. Don't make their mistakes. I say that, like to television and to movies, don't make those mistakes because I mean, this was, we were in college, what back in 2000, 2003 is 2018 and they're just now recovering and they're not back where they were, which they probably will never be, but they're just now, we're just starting to see an increase in sales. So like, do not make the same mistakes they did. Please <laughs> just don't. It ain't been pretty. And that's my piece. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for our discussion about uh, just record companies in general and um, kind of the state of the music industry. Uh, we'll probably bring this up again at some other capacity. But in talking about music, you know, mm-hmm. the, the how the record company is going to um, the behavior of a record company is either a reaction to trends Mm -hmm. or it's a um how they try to like aggressively set trends aggressively set trends (laughs) which doesn't always work you know yeah um like the vanity label 
may be close to dead. Like that doesn't work. I'm telling you, man, that's the, that is a, a legalized MLM. That is now that the more I say it out loud, it's like, that's exactly I have a company. Like. I'm going to hire you. Go get your friends. Like, Hey, you got this friend that's got a band on Vegas, right? Yeah. Like, Pete Wentz, you know, the we, guy okay. from the killers, right? <laughs> All right, man. We, we know you've been wanting a little power, a little <laughs> control of what you do. Look, we'll show you what we do. Okay. <laughs> and then you, and then you can do it. You know, we'll train you. We'll we'll give you an office. We'll give you a building. Mm-hmm. We'll give you a studio. All of that. <laughs> it's like, and, and you, you know, can call it whatever you, you want, want. <laughs> and just bring you know some of your you know good looking talented friends in, and, and we'll help you. And yeah. we'll, I mean, you'll be giving us money, but we'll be helping you. Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> like you you'll basically have the power of Atlantic Warner Universal behind you. You know. <laughs> But you get to call the shots and we keep most of the money. What do you say? <laughs> it's a deal, deal, sir. This is awesome. <laughs> like, you're going to let me do this? <laughs> yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> All right. So we'll get to my uh, earworm of the week. Um, I've been playing. I, I have a daily mix thing with uh, uh, through Spotify, uh, different uh genres of course and one of the daily mixes is basically 80s music but because of the sophistapop playlist <laughs> that i made a lot of it is sophistapop <laughs> from the <laughs> 80s and uh, one song that um i like this from i don't know if it was on either of our one hit wonders lists uh, i don't think so I, yeah uh so it's uh johnny hates jazz <laughs> you may know them for their song shattered dreams but from the same album, Turn Back the Clock, that another single called Don't Say It's Love that I heard a lot while um, while playing this playlist. So um, I like your song, so we're going to play it. It's Don't Say It's Love by Johnny Hates Jazz. And while I get it queued up, we'll be right back.
All right, that is Don't Say It's Love. Apparently, this is the seven inch remix. <laughs> That's what it says. <laughs> uh, from the album Turn Back the Clock by Johnny Hates Jazz. You can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist. And I think also on our BTT YHT Sophistapop playlist. If you don't know that one, go back and listen to it. Yeah. Boom. An exclusive cocktail party. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that will bring us to the end of our episode. Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching us right now and you saw me wave and um, <clears throat> you have found us, um, our Facebook page, you have found our Facebook page. Well, you found us too, but more specifically, you found our Facebook page. So yes, you're there. Um, if you're listening, we are at facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, you can also check out our website, uh, by the time you hear this dot com. Go in there, listen to the episode. Um, and you can go on Facebook and watch the video because it saves the videos as well. So if you did not happen to watch us live, you can, you know, click play and it'll play it back. Um, and, uh, both the website and the Facebook are spelled with the word you, Y O U. If you want to find us on the gram, um, which, oh my God, Darren finally got on Instagram. It's every picture he posted said doing it for the gram. I was like, I'm like, stop. He's <laughs> like, do it for the gram. It's like a picture of his dog and baby representing for the gram. Like, no. So if you want to find us on the gram, <laughs> you can find us at by the time you hear this. Um, and if you want to email us, you can email us at by the time you hear this at gmail.com. So of course we said the websites were spelled with the uh, word you, the Instagram or the gram, excuse me. And the email address are spelled with the letter U, And that is because we're upstanding mm-hmm. and not under investigation by a six, eight dude. No, no, no. That's Comey. Never mind. I don't know how tall Mueller, Mueller is. I think he's like six, five at least. He looks like, like he's that tall. He looks like he's these tall, tall politicians. I'm going to look, I'm going to look it up. Do no, they no, play no. basketball? These are tall law enforcement law, officers. Well, that too. well, yeah, Comey is law enforcement officer. Um, and Mueller now a, um, prosecutor. Yes. Um, a Republican prosecutor at that too. So he can't claim bias. But even anyway, though, <laughs> even though the president says it's the Democrats yeah. who do it and like, um, your guys have been doing this yeah. <laughs> you, uh, as if like the Democrats are your enemies. No, nah, everyone's your enemy, bro. Uh, <laughs> not everybody. You've got a rabid fan base out there. Um, but you know, we're not going to get political like and dribble like Bob Dole. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to listen to us on the go, you can check us out um, on iTunes, um, the Apple podcast player. Um, just go on there, click on that purple icon and search for us. So you can find us. Um, if you want to find us on an Android device, look for us on Google music. Um, that is the orange triangle. Go on there, search for us. You can find us. Um, in regards to other places, you know, podcast aggregate type, um, apps such as Castbox, satchel podcast player, um, tune in radio, auto radio, overcast radio. You can find us on those Podomatic. Check us out. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so what should we end the show with? I don't know. Um, trying to think like what's a, who's done something big that wasn't signed. 
Because I just looked and Mac Miller is signed now. So, you know, he don't, yeah. he don't count. <laughs> he, he sold out. He gave in. Um, who's someone that got screwed over by a record deal? <laughs> TLC got screwed over. Yeah. Yeah. We could play. Uh, Have a tone. Yeah. <laughs> if you really want to go deep, I was going to say play Mercedes boy. <laughs> That that's like some inception. That's too yeah. right there. <laughs> that's like really going in. Uh, yeah, you can play something from Crazy Sexy Cool because that's the record where they make nothing. They One of the nothing. biggest selling records by a female group ever, and they had nothing to show for it. Nothing. Um, what could we play from Crazy Sexy Cool? We played Waterfalls on a previous episode. Have you played Creep? That's my favorite song from the album. I don't think we played Creep. That is my favorite song from the album. So we play Creep by TLC from the multi, multi-platinum selling you album, Crazy Just Sexy to let cool. them know how bad it was. How many albums did it sell? It sold at least five. Maybe eight. Maybe ten. But it was at least five. Let's see here. Oh God, you were way off. Oh, is it like 12, 15, uh, 14, 14 million, 14 million bestselling album by an American girl group diamond in the United States, 14 million. Don't, now, of course it has been nearly 20 years since it came out. I don't know what it sold then, but I'm pretty sure it sold most of that 14 million in the nineties. Just going to go ahead and assume that. <laughs> Released in 1994. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure it sold most of that 14 million in the 90s. That's insane. Wow. So, uh, again, read your contracts, children. (laughs) And we're going to end the show with Creep. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you very soon. Peace. Peace.